0: Welcome to the Level Up English podcast, the best place to come to practice the English language, learn about the British accent and culture. With me, your host, Michael Lavers. Hello, English learners. Welcome to the Level Up English podcast. Good to have you here. As always, I'm glad you could spend this time with me. But yeah, today is a longer episode because I'm talking with Rob from English with Rob. And we had a really fantastic conversation. He's also from the UK. He's got a very clear, hopefully easy to understand accent. And we had a great talk. If you do want to hear in a little bit more detail, then feel free to check out the transcript, which is always linked in the show notes for each episode so, if you cannot see the link to the transcript on your phone, go to the website, levelupenglish.school podcast. Also, a reminder, if you're looking to upgrade your English, one of the best things you can do is to find an online teacher. And italki is the place to do that. So, head over to italki and find yourself an online teacher, professional teacher, any country of origin, any accent you want, and start having lessons today. It's really the best thing you can do to level up your English. And as a listener of this show, if you follow my link, levelupenglish.school slash free, you can get $10 for your lessons. So, it's a completely free $10 that you can sign up, get the $10 maybe you decide you don't like it anymore, but I'm sure you'll keep studying anyway because it is very, very useful and very addictive. So yeah, once again, levelupenglish.school slash free. On to the guest. As I said, I was talking with Rob and he is called English with Rob on all of these social medias. He has another podcast called English with Rob, and he's a really interesting person to talk to. He has a lot of experience teaching in Germany more recently. And what I love about his way of talking is he uses a lot of quite advanced expressions and vocabulary. But he likes to explain them when he's talking, which is what I noticed when we were talking. So if you listen carefully, you might learn a lot from what he's saying as well. Our conversation started when I coughed and I muted myself and he found it quite funny. And then we spoke about online teaching. But I thought that was a funny way to start the podcast, so I included it in the beginning. So here you go. So I hope you enjoy it. Here is my conversation with Rob. <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me, I need to cough a second. Okay. Um... <laughs> <laughs> you muted yourself. How professional. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's my habit with lessons. I don't want to like deafen you or anything. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, okay i've not really done many online lessons so um
0: oh okay i didn't know that yet. okay I mean,
1: um, yeah. no i, I lo- teaching in person is my thing normally
0: oh that's interesting
1: but i've been on i've been on because i've got a, a one-year-old i've been on paternity leave since last october yeah so i haven't actually taught any classes i'm really out of shape all oh, right <laughs> but, but when i come back it will all be online lessons i taught my first one uh on monday oh wow didn't like it yeah really you didn't like it wow no, it's the same people that I'm used to being in a classroom with, and mm. yeah, just um, there were four people in the class, and I found it difficult to, um, you know, have them take turns in talking and make it clear, you know, the direct, just give direction really, yeah, and encouragement. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, it, it, I think that's a big learning curve. It's, I imagine it's very, very different. I haven't really done much classroom teaching before. Uh, any, I shouldn't say much. I haven't done any. Um, oh, at so, all. Cool. So I imagine it's very different. But but by the way, oh, are we, you...
1: Maybe we should save this chat for... <laughs> well, I
0: was podcast. just going to say that. I was going to say, would you be happy if we started the recording like five minutes before and we included this part? Uh that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, cool. Yeah, usually I have a little warm-up chat, but I feel like we're getting into a good topic here. But yes, yeah, so, so um, so where were we before? So you did your first online lesson on Monday, you said.
1: That was my first online lesson, and it's it's a class that I used to teach before my paternity leave. Uh, really nice bunch of students, and they they've had a, a cover teacher. That's you know that's a replacement teacher for a while, uh, while I was off. But they specifically asked to have me back because I'm so super fantastic. Um, but the company is not allowing external people in anymore. Everything is um, online and some of them were in the office and some of them were at home. Um, so yeah, it, it's going to be a learning curve. It's just not what I'm used to. And I missed the, the interaction, the, you know, you can see the body language, but it's not the same as being in the room. Yeah. And I feel like in my normal lessons, there's a lot more laughter, and spontaneity but in in that first online lesson that was missing um but I just have to get used to it I suppose yeah I I can totally imagine
0: what you mean because like when I think of talking to my friends you know of course because of covid we've had a lot more kind of zoom chats this this year rather than meeting in real life and it's not quite the same it's not there's something missing so I can understand what you mean um of course personally I'm I for me I love the online classes I find it so convenient and so easy um, but that that's really interesting so we can have different experiences yeah do you think you will get used to it with some time or do you think it's just something that doesn't work for you
1: um no I don't I'm not going to dismiss it I mean I need to work for money so I need <laughs> to do it and no one's letting you into their offices or schools right now as a as an English teacher uh well apart from you know teaching children um i'm you know like anything with practice i'm sure i will get better mm. uh but for me it doesn't replace uh the classroom in person but learning wise from the student's perspective you know it's it's more convenient uh they can stay at home um i think the learning should be the same um but again, I th- I think that would be down to the individual students' ideas, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I, I guess you have to kind of adapt your materials to online space, but I-, I don't see any reason why it can't be the same. They can't learn just as well. And yeah, th- there are obviously some downsides, but I think there are a lot of benefits too. So hopefully, hopefully you find them along the way.
1: <laughs> I'm sure I will.
0: Yeah. Okay, cool. So let's go back a little bit. And I haven't actually introduced you yet. I mean, I will have given you an intro <laughs> before, before our conversation today. Okay. But maybe coming from you, can you give my listeners a little bit of an introduction, who you are and where you're from, all this kind of
1: basic stuff? Okay. Hi, everybody. My name is Rob, and I have a YouTube, Instagram, and podcast, and soon website, which I'm working on right now, all called English with Rob. I have used several different names in the past, um, but I decided to simplify it all and just be English with Rob. I have been teaching English since 2013. Before that, I was a photographer and a picture editor. And then I started, when I lived in Cambodia, I started to teach photography at a university. And I I found that I enjoyed the teaching more than doing photography. So I thought, how can I do more teaching? And there were some places for English teachers open, some vacancies there. So I started teaching English as well. Then I moved to Paris and um, thought about continuing as a photographer, but I'd sort of lost my passion for it. Also, my French wasn't great. And, you know, trying to be a photographer in Paris when there are already so many uh, who can speak French and who have connections. I thought it's just not worth even trying. Uh, And I had a new passion for English teaching. So that's when I did my CELTA um, in Paris when I first got there in 2013. And yeah, since then, I've just been teaching English. Um, I, I did my DELTA. 2015 to 16 that's like um a much more advanced qualification and it takes a year and lots of essays lots of lessons uh which are observed uh lots of research um but i found it really helped me with my with my teaching and my approach a lot Mm. and i started my youtube channel in 2016 i think um and that sort of combines my my love of photography and you know visual art with my english teaching and it's like the perfect balance for me because i really have a creative side as well as a more practical side so it um it blends both of those and i'm really happy Making my English teaching videos and teaching English lessons.
0: That's excellent. That's great. Uh, so it sounds quite similar to me in some ways because I used to also be so passionate about photography when I was a little bit younger. And I kind of lost it because m- maybe for the same reasons, I'm not sure if this was your reason, but there, there's just so much competition if you want to make it into a business. And as soon as I tried to do that, it kind of the passion went away. So I kind of learned maybe it's not good to make every hobby into into a business i don't
1: know if you have the same experience i do have the same experience uh i so when i lived in london i worked for a photography agency so i sort of had a photography office job and then i was doing whatever small photography gigs i could get here and there and then when i moved to cambodia i was like a big fish in a small pond um and it was pretty easy for me to get like a magazine job there um but it was good because I, I found that I, I, I lost the passion for it, you know, but another thing about it is it's full of disappointment because with an art like photography, whenever I take a picture, although my photography was getting better and better, I was never happy. I, I was always thinking it could be better. There's something that I could do to make that better Every every shoot I had. And that I still have that a little bit with, with my video making. Um, But I can add humor to the video making, which is more difficult with like portrait. Well, fashion photography, you can, but it depends on the brand, whether it it needs it, you know. Mm, Um, So, yeah, it's But everybody wants to make a living from what they love doing. Right.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I I, I really think I can tell that you've kind of got that creative side, that photography background from your channel because you've got very popular channel now and it's like the just the way the way it looks just looks so nice and the way you can present the videos so i think that comes across quite well okay
1: um yeah i think you you say you're doing quite well um i i after five no four or five years doing it i should have more than five thousand followers at this rate (laughs) i'll have a hundred thousand in 95 years so i've got that to look forward to But my problem is that I don't, I've been doing it in, uh, I've not been um, consistent because I keep having babies and I keep stopping (laughs) for a while. But the key, apparently, to having the algorithm love you and having the algorithm show your videos to so many people is put out a video every week, which I've not been doing. And in, in the pandemic, with my three kids at home the whole time, it's been nigh impossible hmm. oh nigh we should explain that huh? that's like um nearly but it's it's like old fashioned language isn't it nigh it was yeah, nigh impossible yeah, yeah. that's i've i don't think i've ever heard anyone use that
0: in a real conversation with me before i like it <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah it's kind of like a sort of shakespeare's type language isn't it i don't know why i don't know why it came out
0: <laughs> i like it i might start using it a bit more from now on um nigh impossible yeah nearly impossible Maybe I'm trying to impress you. I don't know. Oh well, it's working. Good job. <laughs> but yeah, that that's really interesting. I mean, I think compared to me, you are you do have a great and very popular YouTube channel. But um, yeah, I think consistency is really important, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and it depends who you compare yourself to. You know, well, yes. I'm I'm comparing myself to uh, English with Lucy, Papa Teach <laughs> Me, um, which and I started at the same time as English with Lucy. Uh, but she's got all the marketing wizardry and know-how and her videos are fantastic and I think also my videos don't appeal to as big an audience Mm. and my you know you mentioned my sort of visual look some um, other youtubers who are sort of especially one who has been my sort of mentor recently said you need to age up I need to age up my... And some people look at my channel and go, oh, you teach to kids and teens, right? And I'm like, no, it's supposed to be for adults. Oh. I'm just very childish and immature. <laughs> and that comes across doing like Star Wars references and things like that. But, you know, I just... I feel like I want to make the videos I want to make. I don't want to um, do what the masses want and what the audience wants. Well you know, if people request a certain grammar for me to look at, I'll do it, but I will do it in my style. You know, I'm gonna I'm not mm. going to put on a suit and get a boring, plain background or something like that. I'm going to do it with the with my flair, what makes me creatively uh, happy.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's so important. So I, ho- hopefully you can still continue being yourself and not be, you know, pushed too much the other way, because I think that's what makes people successful, really, is that they can be themselves and they resonate with people who are like-minded. Um, yeah, so I think that's really important. And I think i read somewhere on one of your pages you wrote, I think it was on YouTube, you said like, you're not
1: just standing in front of a whiteboard writing, right? Yeah. In fact, one of my early, when I was coming up with names for the channel, it was going to be um, English without boards. <laughs> like, you know, there's there's Doctors Without Borders. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, what else is there without borders? Um, and it was playing on that but then I thought that's not really very good because Doctors Without Borders is a very serious thing (laughs) and um, this is not very
0: different Um, but yeah I I like that I think not you know obviously some people do a great job doing that but absolutely I think a lot of teachers think yeah well learning should be with a whiteboard right I need to use a whiteboard what else can I do and I think it's yeah it's not if that's not you then you shouldn't do that of course yeah
1: (laughs) Mm. well it's 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 almost easier to just record yourself and then write it on the screen afterwards than um, physically write it on a whiteboard.
0: Yeah, and I have to keep turning your back around. And yeah, I I think it's much better too. But so so am I right in thinking you're in Germany at the moment, right?
1: Yeah, Frankfurt in Germany. Oh, awesome! I've never been there, but I, I love right Germany. Uh, yeah, Frankfurt is not the most exciting city in Germany. Um, or the most beautiful, partly because our boys uh, bombed it a lot. Oh, <laughs> i see. I shouldn't laugh at that. That's not. That's not
0: funny. Um, how How long can pass to you laugh? Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe it's not long enough, is it?
1: Um, it's just so serious. Yeah, you know. Um, but yeah, from what I understand, the city was a lot more beautiful before World War Two, and they actually actually just um rebuilt part of the city center based on how it used to be and it looks uh, really nice yeah but it's more it's like the financial center of um germany and berlin is more the sort of cultural hip center uh and you know i like berlin but i prefer smaller towns these days smaller cities
0: yeah i'm leaning that way as well i I mean i've only been to berlin in germany and i i loved it so much i thought it was just so comfortable and as you said so hip it was really, really cool vibe there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I wish I could spend more time there. But, it be, you know, being English, you think, oh, I'll just go to this other city. But it's, it's so far away. Paris is actually closer to oh, me now yeah. than Berlin.
0: Oh, wow. But I, I guess it must be quite a convenient place because you're kind of in the center of Western Europe. And you've got, you know, without the pandemic, all these flights that you can get to very easily. So that's kind of my it's, dream. Yeah, I'd love to live like in
1: the centre of Europe. So yeah, another good thing about uh, Frankfurt is that the airport is a real hub. It's massive, and a lot of flights connect here, mm. and because of that, um, you can get a lot of flights to a lot of different places direct.
0: Okay. Oh yeah, perfect. Yeah, I, I think I've seen a lot of flights go there.
1: But so, do you speak much or any German then? <laughs> I'm not as fluent as i should be for having lived here for almost 4 years i'm like b1 okay that's but good I, it's okay yeah but you know i'm a language teacher i should practice what i preach yeah um but honestly i really just don't have the time with the three kids when they go back to school in september i am then again going to set aside time every day to get back into studying it and i'm looking forward to it but yeah it's i I've I, I picked bits up. I had lessons when I first got here, which was a big help. Um, I don't know how much you know about German. What languages do, do you speak? Um,
0: I, I'm learning Japanese and Chinese, but I know a okay. tiny, tiny bit of German, like really basic.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, what um, sort of uh, hit when I hit a brick wall was what, nice, nice idiom there. I don't need to explain it. When I hit a brick wall, when I found it difficult and, and sort of was shocked, Um, was when we got to the accusative and the dative Um, Mm. that's really difficult because um, I'm not sure English learners will be interested in this but very quickly you can cut this out if you like (laughs) what I found difficult is and French too you know words have a, a masculine or feminine or in German neutral and you have to change your conjugation based on which one it is mm. so not only do you have to learn each uh noun you have to learn if it's a dirty or das noun and then you have to work out if the conversation the part of the conversation you're having is in accusative or dative and and it's complicated
0: oh I, that doesn't mean too much to me but I, I can imagine um and i think that is useful for english learners to hear because i think it's very easy to Complain like oh English is so hard, but I always say there's so many aspects of other languages that are very, very difficult, so at least English doesn't have like, genders like some languages, and it doesn't have all these other things that could make it harder yeah. in an alternate universe, maybe
1: <laughs> genders and formal forms yeah uh doesn't have, but I have a theory, and it's that so English doesn't have a formal form like many other latin languages have not only latin languages but um for that reason when we are speaking formally there are so many more words and phrases that we would use to make it clear that we are being formal Mm. whereas with a different language like french spanish german you can just address somebody in the formal form and the job is done
0: that's a really good point because i'm kind of thinking of japanese because japanese is very similar where there's like probably the hardest part for me where there's like five ways to say a single sentence and everyone is kind of different formality for a different kind of type of person depending on the like, oh, hierarchy
1: so okay interesting there's there's not just uh neutral and formal there's other levels in between
0: oh there seems to be so many um but like as you said it is kind of there are a lot of rules but there are rules and it might just be simple like adding a one sound at the beginning of a sentence, one at mm-hmm. the end, and then it's formal. But kind of English is a bit less specific, isn't it? A bit maybe harder to learn. Um, like maybe pe- there's a lot yeah. of like nuance and kind of
1: yeah, hidden ways. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because often when non-native English speakers, especially French and German, in my experience, speak or write emails in English, they can often appear too direct. And yeah. it's because they don't have the nuance. You know, they might say something like, I don't like that. Yeah. Which in English would be very direct. We might say something like, I'm sorry, but it's not my thing or something like that.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Or it's not my cup of tea. Yeah. Something like that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> do we really say that? I uh, say it, I love it so much. Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe it's just me, but I love it. Um,
1: I think I say it more than raining cats and dogs.
0: Oh, yeah. that That's like the the kind of uh typical one that everyone teaches but no one says
1: idioms yeah yeah
0: (laughs) raining cats and dogs really heavy rain but yeah not naturally so common but so apart i want to ask apart from german do you have any other language knowledge and if so has that tied in with your teaching in any way has that helped you with your teaching
1: Uh, Well, before I think I mentioned before I taught here in Germany, before I lived here in Germany, I lived in France Mm. um, and my French level got to sort of the same kind of B1. Uh, I can get by in a very simple conversation, but can't talk to you deeply about, uh, you know, philosophy or anything. Um, Has it helped with teaching? Uh, Well, yes. Because. Well, actually, teaching helped with the language learning because through mm. hearing learners mistakes you realize okay so this is the way it is said in French um, you know maybe the word order or uh, a common uh, false friend or something like that um, this is one way that I, I pick up some of the language
0: okay that's uh, interesting so it kind of helps yeah. you in reverse in
1: that way yeah for example i was teaching children in in france i had some ch- children's classes when i first got there so i learned the uh the verb tricher which means to cheat yeah But triche, triche, he's cheating <laughs> so um but yeah not just that also grammar especially in in german as well i can often the students they say the right words but they say it in the word order that they would Using German um, and that helps me to then speak German because I know the the word how the word order should be sometimes
0: oh that's interesting so i I don't think I asked before what, what are you teaching like German students at the moment then is that what you, who you usually teach
1: um yeah well normally i before my paternity leave, I was going around to businesses here in Frankfurt and giving people lessons in their offices um and you know people who uh maybe want some coaching for a specific presentation they need to give or just want to boost their english generally Um, groups and individuals but i also teach um kids classes Mm. um in germany i've taught some Before in Paris, I used to work at the British Council and I taught a lot of kids and adult classes. Uh, But just recently, uh, I've started teaching really young kids lessons and it's really fun. Like I have two classes. One is uh, two and three year olds and one is four and five year olds. And it's me with my ukulele, lots of running around, lots of action, lots of singing, uh, lots of um, little like toys like we for example we do old MacDonald had a farm that mm-hmm. song and i have a bag full of uh soft toy animals for them to uh have as we do the song so it's a very very different english teaching world not something i would want to do full time but mm-hmm. i do it once a week uh and it's it's nice
0: yeah wow that sounds so interesting i think you must have so you, you kind of need to have so much energy for that i imagine which i'm not sure i'd be up for but yeah that does sound really fascinating there's like a whole other element to it as well
1: yeah and it's yeah different completely different style but you know just teaching um children or teens compared to teaching adults is a different set of skills also because um with kids and teens you really need classroom management Mm, you know especially if you've got a big group of teenagers the difference i think is if you've got adults they are there because they want or need to learn. But if you've got children or teens, they are there because their parents have said they have to go or because they need the good grades. And they don't have the... Um, unless you make can make them enthusiastic about learning English, they don't arrive to the classroom with it, with the enthusiasm.
0: Yeah, that, that's such a good point. And that's what I... Sh- struggle with a bit cuz for me it's almost like finding that balance between pleasing the young learner the student and pleasing the parent cuz you can't only please one of them cuz if you only do what the kid wants maybe the parent won't be too happy so you have to kind of find that balance i find Um at least with online learning anyway
1: yeah yes yeah. Yes, yes
0: yeah it's interesting well okay so i was checking out um your podcast cuz you have your own podcast i should mention if listeners want to listen to another fantastic British English one. And <laughs> you recently did an episode about Britishness, which I found right. really interesting. And you kind of spoke about different aspects of British stereotypes, things like that. I wanted to yeah. ask you which one resonated with you the most, like which one kind of felt, which did you feel most strongly about if you could pick one?
1: I've, if If I could pick... Uh, just one, hmm, it would probably be, I mean, this is really easy because one of them was eating fish and chips (laughs) and that, could I call that a passion? I don't know it's a passion. Passion, yeah. It's a passion. (laughs) Well, yeah, I miss it. And even when I, when I lived in England, I would have fish and chips at least once a week. Oh, really? If it wasn't for it being so unhealthy, I would have had it more than that. (laughs) And whenever I go back to England, my parents know that the first thing, the first meal that we're having that day is going to be fish and chips. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, that resonated. Also, um, repressing your emotions, keeping your emotions inside, not Mm. um, showing people that you're angry um, is one that resonates with me, um, not complaining. For example, if, if I, we go to, um, like, um, here in, in Germany, they have a lot of outdoor swimming pools uh, and parks, obviously. And something which really annoys me is when someone sits down and puts their music on loud. Oh, they have yeah, a portable yeah. speaker. Even if I like the music they're playing, which is rare, um, because it's normally uh, something I don't like, I I will be really angry about it. Not because... Well, because I have to listen to it and I don't want to, but because they think it's okay when it's not. Yeah, so... Exactly the same for me, yeah. Despite that, I won't go over and say, hey, would you mind? You know, it's supposed to be a peaceful atmosphere here. Or your music's not really... Um, your music's taking that away. I won't do that instead. I'll just sit there angry and maybe give some dirty looks, look over and uh scowl That's a nice <laughs> verb to scowl to to show someone you're unhappy with your face mm-hmm. um, but I won't go over and complain and similarly if i if I'm at a restaurant and my food arrives a bit cold, I'll just eat it and not complain,
0: yeah. That that that's such a perfect one. I, I think that was my favourite because it's such a British thing and I think it's the same for me. Um you know, there was there's only a couple times in my life where I have spoken up and kind of pushed out of that British the Britishness. And um, one time I think yeah, people were playing music, but it was like midnight and I was trying to get to sleep and it was right outside my window and I just couldn't you know, I needed my sleep. So I kind of opened the window and said hey, do you mind keeping it down, please? Like really politely. And they did. They were very nice. But because that's so rare for me and probably many British people, my heart was beating out of my chest and I couldn't sleep for another two hours <laughs> because I had so much oh. that adrenaline <laughs> from that. <laughs> so I, I imagine that's a common British thing too.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it was in the list, so it must be.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And um, yeah, you mentioned fish and chips as well. So I have a question about that because people often ask me about British food and of course you have to say fish and chips. Do do you think like the average British per- British person do you think like how, how often do you think they have fish and chips because I I'm, I'm not sure myself. Oh, the
1: average maybe uh like once a month or something.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: But I don't know I th- I think it's hard to make an average. I think there are people yeah. out there like me who would have it once a week. And then there are people out there who would rarely have it. But the average, I would say my parents, for example, will have it about once a month.
0: Mm, OK, yeah, I, I, maybe I would agree. Um, for, for me, it's like almost twice a year because I'm never in the kind of situation where I see it or I want to have it. I don't know. But pe- pe- I often say to people, it's a very famous British food. But I think people have the idea that we have it, you know, three times a week. Because everyone kind of asks me about that, but I say we don't really have it that often. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe many people do have it more than I thought. <laughs> they are. It is very good.
1: Yeah. Um, the other thing about it is that it's you get a lot. Like the portions mm. uh, are very big, and I normally, if I get one portion, I can't. There's no way I'll finish it. Um, so it's it's good value for money because it's not too expensive. And you get a lot of food, so definitely. I, I don't know. Yeah, that's yeah. another thing about it. Yeah, you do
0: get you do get a lot. So if you're kind of looking for something to fill you up um, very cheaply and on the on the street, then it is perfect. Yeah,
1: and it can't be replicated. If you go to a bar hmm. or a restaurant that has fish and chips on the menu, it won't be that kind of fish and chips. It has to be from a fish and chip shop where they have the specific <laughs> uh, deep fat fryer. The, the type of machine that they make, I, they don't have it in regular um, kitchens because it takes up so much space, I think. Oh,
0: I see. OK, OK. Yeah, I, I always wondered that there's something so unique about it. Yeah, and I think I was very lucky because I don't know if you've heard or been there before, but I lived in Plymouth, the city, for a while.
1: I've not um, been to Plymouth. I'd like to.
0: It's really nice, I think. And I, I think I'm right in saying this. They had like a fish and chip shop there, which won the award for like the best in the country. So I feel like I was very lucky to live next to that one. <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I'm sceptical about that because <laughs> I see a lot of fish and chip shops that all have awards. from. I, I, <laughs> what I think is that there are so many awards out there that, um, mm. you know, it's not like there's one fish and chip award every year. I think there are lots of different companies <laughs> running awards. and That's uh, a good point. Yeah.
0: I guess you also but, made me think that, of course, no one's tried them all, have they? So how can they say
1: that? <laughs> It's an ambition. <laughs> it, you, you'll be the one to do it, right? Well, yeah. I c- could I? No. I could. R- right now I'm, um, because of lockdown, I put on lots of weight. So I'm actually doing the keto diet. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which is where you have no carbs and no sugar. Wow, so I could cool. have the fish, but not the chips. And that's, I-, I would say the chips are the best bit, but I don't know. Yeah, the really... chips are the best yeah. bit really. Yeah. But
0: Okay. Well, I, I want to segue over to a, much more abstract question now and this is how would you describe your teaching philosophy
1: my teaching philosophy is that it doesn't depend on the teacher it depends on the learner Mm. because i i have students who i've been teaching for years and they haven't really progressed but it's because they turn up to the lesson they listen to me and they go home and they do nothing Hmm. but I have other students who come to the lesson. They listen to me, you know, we have, we have X of course, with the other students too, we have practical exercises, role plays, all kinds of things. And then at home, they will go over their notes. They will find other sources of English. Um, They will ask me questions the following week about something they've not understood when they've thought about the lesson from the week before, you know, if you really want to learn, you have to be proactive. And for myself as well, you know, I can't just show up to my German lesson once or twice a week and expect that that's how I'm going to learn German. I have to try to use it as much as I can. I have to go over my notes as much as I can. Uh, I used to, and I should get back into it, having a, a pack of flashcards in my pocket. Um, I have another thing. This is more of a personal um Thing though I I don't although it's ironic because I make podcasts and YouTube videos but I'm quite anti-screen time Mm. so I avoid language learning apps because I find that's just another thing uh, just another reason to look at your screen every day and I it's mostly because I've got kids and I don't want to be the kind of parent who is just looking at their phone the whole time but I think if I'm reading a book in front of my kids or a magazine, or I've got some flashcards in my hands, I think that's, that's more of a positive message to send to kids. So for that reason, I, I try and find physical uh, language learning materials. And I find physically writing words down that I will then read back to myself later um, is one of the most helpful things. So there you go, I took your language teaching question and flipped it around to language learning but as a teacher, these are the things that I encourage in my students.
0: That's perfect. That's perfect. Yeah, yeah. I, I love both of those points. And I, I totally agree with both of them. I think the first one, same for me. Like I, When I look at my students, the most, like th- those who make the most progress are the ones who kind of use their lessons to supplement their learning, but it's not the only thing they do. So they're maybe mm-hmm. asking for homework, which is always amazing to hear, and they're doing so much work and it's almost like i can see their progress week you know
1: week to week which is amazing um, yeah yeah and of course a good or, a good or bad teacher can have a big effect mm. but a good a good teacher will teach and encourage students to be autonomous to to learn for themselves and uh teach them how to take the classroom materials and ingest them and use them yeah another thing uh, another sort of philosophy for my video making is that if you see something funny or something memorable you're more likely to remember that vocabulary or that grammar Mm. than just some person writing it on a board yeah so yeah yeah Yeah, i mean same for me I, i go to a lot of effort
0: yeah 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 like when i'm trying to make an example i try to think of like the kind of craziest weirdest example you can make with that word and you know it's, it's something that I think might help it stick in the memory a little bit more
1: yeah make it memorable definitely
0: yeah absolutely mm. Um. another thing that stuck out to me when I had a look at your YouTube channel was I think well I, I would say you make things very fun the way that you can kind of portray things and your you know your style and your color scheme is a very colorful as well so I would say it's kind of a very fun environment so maybe you'd be the right person to ask as let's say as a learner as an English learner how can they make learning more fun
1: well that's easy um by finding materials that you love for example because I am emotionally 14 I (laughs) Um like star wars still um and I buy um Star wars comics in german
0: Ooh.
1: and i i um you know i in, i'm in very interested in learning what's happening in the comics because some of the comics are uh what's called canon, which means they what happens in the comics then stays in star wars folklore for example recently i read something about um darth vader's suit darth vader's suit hurts him it gives him pain and that's on purpose because it makes him more angry which makes his uh use of the dark side stronger hmm. yeah so this is something that's in the comic not in a movie but because it's canon it it rings true it you know it's facts in the movies also um so I've um you know I have a reason and a, a passion behind my learning. You know, I, I sit there with my my dictionary and I go through the the words I don't know um and find a lot. The only problem with that is that the language of Star Wars is a bit more grand than the language you would use when you're talking to someone in a bar, for example.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um that's really good advice I mean I love styles as well so so we're on the same page here but uh, yeah I, I would say echoing what you said you know you can just whatever you would do in your native language do that in English as well right do it in your target yeah. language
1: yeah and, and I think yeah. especially for uh some non-native English speakers often if you have I don't know if this is true but if you, if you have a passion or something there will usually be more written about it in English or more, you know, documentaries or films about it in English than in your own language. For example, Star Wars. Yeah, it's mm. originally English. Uh, and you will find... How can I explain this? You, you will find it more um, genuine. Is that the right word? Not really. For example, there are some jokes in Star Wars that don't translate. Mm. And sometimes I'll be watching a film with my wife, who will be watching the subtitles in German... And she'll say, well, they didn't explain that right. So if you were watching it in English, then you would find things that you might miss if you are watching a translation of something.
0: Oh, great point. Yeah. And that's one of the, I think, the beautiful things about learning a language is you get to see Mm. that whole other side of life or what what you love. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm sure it happens completely the other way as well. I'm sure when I watch a film in French, but because my French isn't that great, I, I have to read the English subtitles. Yeah. I'm sure I'm missing stuff that is not being completely translated or, you know, some strange idioms where they've chosen a, an idiom that is a bit the same, but not exactly the same.
0: Mm. I n- never thought about it that way, but of, co- of course it must happen. But yeah, I never, ah, oh, now I'm, I'm oh, going to yeah. be thinking about it's that hot. every time I watch subtitles now. <laughs> <laughs> mm. um, so I want to ask a question that I ask all of my guests. This is like the kind of uh, recurring question my favourite, in your language learning, have you had any embarrassing moments or funny mistakes?
1: I've, well, I'm going to tell you a story, funny story about the need to learn language. So when I was first in France and my French was very, very poor, I was on the metro, which is the underground train, And um, this uh, business guy in a business suit, very um, cocky, cocky, Mm. arrogant. Yeah. Um, And he was on his phone. He got on. He put his bag next to me on an empty seat and stood a few, some distance away, uh, hanging onto one of the rails and, and talking on his phone still. And then an old lady got onto the metro and pointed at the seat with the bag on, thinking it was mine, you know, as if to say, "Could you move your bag, please?" And I didn't know how to say, uh, mais "C'est pas moi," it, it's not mine, <laughs> uh, it's 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 his. Uh, so I just pointed at the guy. But behind the guy was an empty seat. Oh. So it looked like I was saying to this old lady. <laughs> Go sit over there, in this seat that you've got to walk across the carriage for—the only other empty seat. It looked like I was saying, "No, oh, no. I'm not going to move my bag for you, old lady." Go sit over there. Oh no! So um, that was a situation where I thought, "Okay, I need to up my French definitely."
0: That's a good point. Did she respond to that at all? Or did anything? that happened after after you pointed oh she
1: yeah she she just gave me a bit of a dirty look and um a scowl and went off to that, that empty seat oh, and no. when she when she did that when she went and sat down in the empty seat then i realized what had happened
0: And then then I guess you don't have the language skill to kind of get up and explain or maybe you wouldn't anyway because
1: you're too embarrassed. But I was, yeah, I was a bit too embarrassed. I I was like, there's no way I would be able to explain that, especially to an an old person who. um, Well, that sounds terrible. An old person who uh, doesn't want to see some English guy go, oh, no, no, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Just, Just wants to just wants to sit down
0: yeah that's such a good story i feel bad for you but i guess it's a really good motivation to to want to learn more isn't it absolutely yeah yeah wow that's amazing and i kind of i kind of like that story because it makes me think whenever someone's rude to me maybe there's something similar going on like that maybe they're not actually rude it's just a misunderstanding so i might look at it that way in the future
1: (laughs) yeah yeah in some situations
0: yeah Okay, good good one. I like I like it a lot though. I want to be, you know, mindful of your time now, so I think we'll uh we'll finish up here if that's okay with you. But yeah, absolutely. before we do go, of course, I want people to, you know, check you out and follow you wherever wherever they want and wherever you want. So where would you like to send people if they
1: want to know more about you? Well, my my main uh channel is youtube so if you just go to youtube and put in english with rob then you will find me there uh or uh you can check out my podcast if you uh like michael's uh level up podcast uh you're obviously a podcast fan so you can check out my podcast which is relatively new i'm just about to make episode uh four and it's it's finding its feet it's finding its feet it's it's learn. it's it's not there yet you know it's not perfected it's uh i'm i'm not you know i want to have regular features and regular things but i'm not sure exactly how it will be so at the minute it's i think it's fun to to it's going to be fun to see how it develops mm. over the next hundred or more episodes
0: you're going to love it. You're going to love it. Yeah. Definitely.
1: You're on like 60 something now. This
0: one rec- we're recording. I don't even know, actually, because this is a couple of weeks before, but this is probably going to be like 74 or something like oh, that. Oh, impressive. Yeah. Impressive. Um, yeah. It's an amazing journey. You're going to really love it. I'm sure. But yeah. So I also, I...
1: The, the editing yeah. is certainly easier than video editing. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I although find... on yeah, my, sorry to interrupt, on my YouTube channel, I did actually make a video version of my first podcast. Uh, because I thought it would be useful to you know have some text flash up on the screen mm-hmm. uh but again <laughs> the editing took a lot longer <laughs> than I, I had time for so not every um not every episode will have a video version
0: uh yeah yeah that's understandable of course but uh, I'll be sure to put links of course to um YouTube podcast and maybe your instagram as well in the in the show
1: notes uh yeah Instagram uh if you are on instagram I I mostly use it to let people know um, when a new video is out. Um, I was doing stories for a while. Um, I should get back into it again, really. Maybe when when my kids go back to school, I have more time for showing a bit more behind the scenes on Instagram. So Instagram will be for alerts and behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, of course, of course.
0: And I I just quickly want to ask. So I know you just started doing your online lessons or one online lesson. Mm. In the future, will you be open to students from around the world or are you only teaching
1: your local students now i'm this is the reason i'm making a website right now is so that i can offer online lessons to people uh-huh. who follow me and who want to not only watch my videos but have me as their personal uh, english teacher as well so when the website is set up um in a few weeks uh then anybody can, who can afford me <laughs> no it's gonna be very competitive anybody anybody who um uh would like to have uh lessons with me will be able to
0: awesome oh okay. and i'm
1: going to um for those people who you know i'm not going to charge the rate that i charge for my teaching here in germany because i won't have to go and drive there and uh iron my shirt so <laughs> there's some time saved there but also i'm going to um try to have some group classes so that um in those group those group classes will be a bit cheaper as well because um you know obviously if i've got five or six students they can all pay a bit less and i can make the same for the same amount of time yes but it uh, it depends how many students sign up and have the same level we need to work that out
0: yeah yeah i'm starting group classes um in september actually so we're in a similar similar stage but yeah, that's perfect. So maybe by the time this episode is released, I'm not sure. Maybe my listeners might be able to book a lesson if
1: they're interested okay. and they, they like what you're saying. So go and uh, have a look. Who knows? I've already, um, although my website isn't ready, my domain is there and it's englishwithrob.com.
0: Ah, very simple, englishwithrob.com.
1: Perfect. Oh Yeah, I'm so happy that it was still there, but I didn't find another English with Rob when I was doing <laughs> my name change research. So it's okay.
0: That's good. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> Well, it's been so good to meet you and chat with you today. And so
1: I really appreciate your time. You're welcome. Um,
0: Yeah, thank you so much. I hope we can do this again at some point.
1: I would love to. And I would love to have you on on to my podcast also. Of
0: course, it would be my pleasure. I'd love to. Thank you.
1: Okay, look forward to it.
0: You have been listening to the Level Up English podcast. If you would like to leave a question to be answered on a future episode, then please go to levelupenglish.school forward slash podcast. That's levelupenglish.school slash podcast. And I'll answer your question on a future episode. Thanks for listening.